Joy is for you. Welcome to the Joybringer Podcast. The world is full of uncertainties, difficulty, and pain. It needs joy, and you and I can bring it, but we can't bring what we don't have. I'm so glad you've joined me today. Let's grab hold of joy and bring it everywhere we go. Hey, I'm Season, and this is the Joybringers Advent Podcast. And I have a new friend uh, with me today. I'm super excited. This is a conversation, I think, long. Um, well, and for me, I've been wanting to have this conversation for a long time. And I reached out to Brittany Estes, who is a friend on Instagram and social media. You may be her friend as well. Um, if you're not now, you will be by the end of this because <laughs> I think Brittany is a friend to all. Mm-hmm. And uh, we popped on here just a minute ago and it was like, how are we not, how do we not know each other? So uh, also, if you're not watching the video, you can find this video and you can see how cute she is because <laughs> your hair matches my shirt, but you have it in a hat right now and no one will know I know. That. I should have planned that better. Whoops. Pink haired J. Brittany Estes, but not actually J. Brittany, just Brittany yeah. on Instagram. <laughs> I'm so grateful you joined me today. Thank you for being here. And and frankly, we're just going to get right to it. Yeah. Um, I We were like, how are we not friends? I think we are friends, but we just didn't know it yet. Yeah. Can we like make it official? Okay, we're friends. Yeah. Like, we're we friends. can be friends. Cool. Totally. Cool. And cool. this is what I have loved about following you on the social media is that you have such an open, joyful, mm. authentic spirit that anyone mm. who sees you on social media, I think immediately is like, oh, she's real and I like her and she's full of joy and I'm her friend. Oh, well, yay. <laughs> yeah. So uh, one of the things I want, I've been wanting to talk about on this podcast is inclusion mm. and um, especially in the holidays. It is isolation and loneliness is not only um, a problem, it's an epidemic. In fact, here's what's wild. This is wild. I was blown away. The Surgeon General, and this is how uninformed I am. I don't remember his name. The (laughs) current American Surgeon General, his banner that he is raising. So, so, you know, many, it's like the Surgeons General, their thing is like non-smoking or cancer or whatever. You know what this guy's is? Loneliness and joy. (gasps) Yes. Yes. He, his whole thing is like mental health crisis and lone, the loneliness epidemic in this country and the, the antidote being joy. Yeah. What? Honestly, it's about dang time. Like right. this is a big issue. Yes, it is. And I was blown away listening to this gentleman being interviewed uh, on this long form podcast. And I was, I was losing my mind because I'm <laughs> like, oh my gosh, this is no longer just sort of a niche Christian thing to talk about, right? Right, yeah. Because we, we, we say, yes, joy is deeply rooted in Jesus, but joy is for you. Joy is for mm-hmm. everyone. I start every podcast saying joy is for you. And this is beyond this niche, right? The, the Christians right. that talk about it. Everyone needs it. And you are one who brings it everywhere you go and you do it in many forms. And, and I want to talk about practically how yeah. in this season that is um, a magnifying glass of loneliness, like the, the holidays can be this, this like zoom in on all the things that we don't have and all the people and places we don't have to go. Yeah. And you, uh, I think, are, are so good about casting a wide net and welcoming all people. 
And I mm-hmm. recognize that not even knowing you or being your friend, but just seeing it on social media. And I want to talk a little bit about you because just to start, how do we know Brittany welcomes all people? Brittany, how many children do you have? <laughs> I have eight children. <laughs> <laughs> when did that become a joke? At this point? <laughs> I know. I was literally about to be like, yeah, it feels like a joke. <laughs> yeah. But um, I have eight. So, and where are they from? They're um, not all from your uterus. No, five of them I birthed and three of them are adopted. So two are adopted through the local foster care system. They're a brother, sister, sibling set. And then one is actually my nephew who moved in with us in June because my sister-in-law passed away in December. Mm. Um, so our goal, like Sam and I, my husband and I was like, our goal is to have four children. <laughs> and then all of a sudden years later, we're like, and here's eight. <laughs> That's a double portion blessing right there. Right. That's what I that guess is? so. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And I'm sorry. I did not know about your eighth. I did not know about your sister-in-law passing. I knew you had seven. And so when you said eight, I was like, oh, holy cow, there's another one. Yeah. That's just how it feels like. It just, oh, cool. Another the more one. the merrier. Right. <laughs> what? And, and you and your husband are pastors. So also, yeah. you know, spiritually leading children and women and all the people in, in your church community as well. So you, here's what I would judge about you. You have a very big heart yeah, and a very packed schedule. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) So how do you make room for more? How do you wrap your brain around making space and room for more people? Um, well, I think it's always just been an easy thing for me. I think part of that has to do with my Enneagram. Like, I don't know if you, you know, subscribe to the Enneagram or how wait, let me it. guess. You're a seven. Oh yeah. So I'm a seven wing eight. Yeah, me too. But with that, like, I'm like, I want the fun. I want the whatever. And so it was just always, I love people. Like I genuinely love yeah. people. And I know some, some people do it way better than I do. Like, I'm like, you are literally the heart of God walking yeah. in flesh. Like that's yeah. crazy. I wish I could subscribe to that. Cause there's a part of me that I'm like, I'm also sarcastic and I'm also like, get your act together. Um, but I just, I was like, I don't, I have such compassion, like adopting or having like the ones I birthed, I was kind of like, ah, so we're doing this again. <laughs> like none of them were planned kind of deal. The oh. only children that were planned was literally the ones we adopted. <laughs> <laughs> we wanted you, <laughs> Oh my gosh! Um, but I just was always like, I cannot imagine someone not feeling loved. And so Mm -hmm. I could do that. Like the thing about having eight children. And I think people are like, how do you do it? How do you do whatever you learn really quickly? That perfection is not an option. And you just operate in that. We'll worry Mm -hmm. about what matters most and the rest has to go. So like you're Mm -hmm. watching me in my office, but what you don't see is like this crap ton of stuff from Christmas, the bags from whatever. And, and all this, I'm like, cool, that's fine in this moment. It doesn't matter. It may drive me crazy, but it's, it's not what matters. My kids made it out the door for school. They have all they need. They're yeah. happy. They're healthy. Like, well, for the moment, you know what I mean? Like right. that's what matters. And so it's just helped us like focus on what counts and then drop the rest kind of thing. And I think with that mentality, we have the ability to be like, you are what matters. Your right. heart is what matters. And let's go from there, you know? And I think when you open your spirit up even a little bit to the idea of making room for more people and people, what I've seen pictures of your family, they don't all look like you. Yeah. No people who don't look like you, people who don't come from your same world. And when we open our eyes and our hearts up to that, I think 
not only is it, you know, loving and kind, we receive the joy. Yeah. Like, Sure. Your your life is made more complete, more joy, more joyful when we experience other people, when we open our heart up to the other, when we open our heart up to people who are unexpected, the unexpected guest. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would assume your did did you know that you were going to take on your nephew? No. Um we didn't, uh, we kind of that kind of happened like at the beginning of this year, conversations for it, and we're like, mm-hmm. cool, all right, this is this is what we're going to do, you know, kind right. of thing. And right. it was just an easy, like, he's our blood, like he's our family member. Yeah. He needs us and he's ours, you know? Right. So this unexpected joy, right? The unexpected guest, the, yeah. the person who shows up in your life and in your family, um, the Lord has been really gracious to me lately. I'm, I'm, I'm finally making these new friends. I moved to Tennessee about a year and a half ago and I, it's a struggle. It's a struggle to move to a new place. For sure. I'm so social and I'm so, I love friends and I just want to meet all the people. But my husband and I were renovating a house and then, and then starting a business and everything we were doing, especially what I was doing, even for the years prior to that, writing a book and being on the radio, all the things that I do are so isolated. Yeah. And I was just crying out to the Lord, like, hello, have we met? <laughs> Where are my people? <laughs> You know, I was, I was pastoring at a huge church in California and people everywhere. And then I came out here and it felt so isolating Yeah. and yet God and his kindness, I'm so grateful. You know, my favorite thing to do is just go be at the coffee shop all day. Cause I get to meet people who just stream in every day. And, um, even though I, you know, don't drink coffee, I actually like to make it for people. So that's fun. <laughs> <laughs> um, does that make you like me a little bit more? Cause I'm, you're like, you don't like coffee and we can't be friends, but also well, I, I know make it that, was a, that was a tick mark against you, but I do yeah. love that you love to make it. So I would like to make, make it for me. So, okay, good. <laughs> so, so anyway, I've been meeting new friends and they do exist. There are, I know we struggle to find our people, right? We yeah. struggle to find the community that we think is going to be perfect for us, but God is so funny in many ways, because sometimes the people that you think are going to be your people are not. Absolutely. Oh yeah. And they, they come out of the woodwork and you're like, wow, I just didn't expect you to look like this or you to be from there or you to sound like that. For sure. Um, and so here's what I want to really dive into. How can we in this time where it just seems like our loneliness is exponentially increased, right? When everyone else has a party to go to, and everyone else has a giant family like you. I'm sure the holidays at your home is just absolute chaos and, and fun, right? But also chaos. Chaos, yeah, for sure. So how do we how do we make room for more people during the holidays? What what do you guys have any, you know, value system or anything that you do? Well, um here's the deal. We have an open door policy in our home at all times. Mm-hmm. And we have people who just show up randomly. <laughs> like you're welcome to come. If you know the code or if the doors unlocked, come in kind of thing. Like we want you in here um, because we want this to be a safe space. And I think we've learned that um, being in ministry, like we move a lot. And so we have to like start and restart. Mm-hmm. Um, and we did that also in one of the hardest seasons ever during COVID. So yeah. everyone was like hunkering down in their homes and God was like, and now it's time to move. And we're like, ah, that's oh. Um, so starting over in an area, like I even wrote about it in my book, like 
there's times where I felt severe loneliness and I was Mm -hmm. like, loneliness sucks. And that's all I have to say about that. Like I'm supposed to teach you how not to be lonely. And right now this is what I feel. But I think that was the Lord saying, like, if you felt it, imagine who else has felt it. Right. Because when they all a family full, a giant house, like full of people. Yeah. Uh And this is the thing about loneliness. It is not necessarily um, in alignment with how many people you're surrounded by. Absolutely. It's not about if I had a husband, if I had a sister, if I had a child, if I, it's not about that. Mm -hmm. We can feel lonely in a family of 500. Right. 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 And statistics say like three out of five people are lonely. Like they feel that. And then it puts them in depression and they have anxiety and stuff. And that, like you're talking about the Surgeon General earlier, like literally it's the same devastation that that causes to your body is like smoking 15 cigarettes a day. Like this is what that feels like to you. And so we've made it like this light issue, but it is actually really rooted really deeply and it's detrimental to your health, not mentally and physically, but just your life in general. And so I think with that concept, we've been very much like, okay, we're going to inconvenience ourselves to make Mm. others feel welcome. And it's Mm. just become a lifestyle. Yes, there are some days where I'm like, I just want to chill. And then someone shows up and I'm kind of like, okay. But the deal is I don't have to show up in a perfect way. I don't have to be everything. Sometimes they just need proximity. Sometimes yeah. they just need to see, this is what life looks like. I'm in my pajamas. We're decorating for Christmas or I'm cooking a meal or whatever it is like, yeah. cool. This is what our life looks like. And if you want to be a part of that, you get to jump in in these moments. And I think that's the same for the holidays is we're yeah. always waiting for the ask. Like we weren't invited to this party or we weren't invited. Well, what are you doing? Why don't you throw something? Why don't you? Okay, gosh. Uh, you know what? I feel like it's, I'm attacked. <laughs> right? <laughs> because I just told you, and I was just about to share this. My husband and I have, in many seasons of our lives, found ourselves without any plans on the holiday. Yeah. We have kids that share spam. Our kids shared families. So they would go there or here. We'd have them on this day, but not that. Um, we just moved. We have family all over the country. And we um, have found ourselves with nowhere to go. Yeah. Last Christmas and Thanksgiving, my husband was super sick last Thanksgiving. So we didn't mm-hmm. have anywhere to go. And we are, you and I are talking right before Thanksgiving. We have no plans. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we are not people that you'd be like, oh, you know, they certainly don't have anywhere to go. Like you would look at us. People assume and, that, yeah. Absolutely. And I and no one has said, hey, what are you doing for Thanksgiving? Nobody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this is what's crazy is that we assume and project onto people their social calendar, absolutely. their mental and emotional well-being. Mm-hmm. And yet I I'm reminded how important this is to ask, ask, throw open the door, ask the, ask everyone, ask everyone you meet Yeah, between now and and Christmas, ask everyone you meet. Do you have any plans? What are you doing on Christmas Eve and Christmas day? Christmas day is often the lonelier holiday. Oh, for sure. For sure. Because Christmas Eve is the one that tends to have more to do. Mm -hmm. Christmas day, you wake up. If there's no one in your house. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. It's so lonely. Absolutely. Say, come over for leftovers. Right. Yeah. Or let's hang out that evening. Like, yeah, this is space for you. I mean, our family, even with all of our kids and stuff, we're done with presents and all that, like around lunchtime, like it's it's done. And then the kids are like, so adding more people in is actually something fun and to bring the community in. I I think that's the problem is we are so busy with our own lives and our own schedules and our own whatever. We forget to look up 
at other people and ask. And then we're hurt and we're offended when they don't ask us, but they're in the same cycle, looking and doing their own things. And none of it's necessarily meant intentionally. Like they're not leaving you out on purpose. They're not doing this. They may assume like, wow, season, like you're probably really extremely busy. You have all the things I don't want to impose and ask, or I'm sure she's already got this. Like, no, just do the ask. We talked about ask everyone. 99% will say no. Others, you know, will say yes. Cool. But at least you did it. Like you need to be the one leading out in that and assuming that maybe they just forgot, or maybe they just don't whatever. Like you're in charge of your own loneliness for the most part. Like, that's what I say. Like you're in charge of that. So if you want to feel lonely, cool, then sit at home. If not, ask the people around you to come, you know? Yeah. I don't think if someone had ever, it would ever be like, Hey, I'm lonely. Can we go on a coffee date? I would never be like, nah, I'm good. Right. Right. I think, but we are, we, loneliness causes this humiliation. Oh yeah. Like, mm-hmm. like there's something wrong with us if we're lonely. Yeah. yeah. And we, and- we just clam up and we don't tell anybody about it. Right. Absolutely. Well, and I think that's just how Satan works. Um, yeah. Like I did, I talked about that in a portion of my book is it just causes us to believe lies about ourselves and about yeah. our surroundings and everyone else has it better than us. And maybe there's something wrong with us. That's why we're not, we're not enough or we're not this, or we're not that. And it's not the truth. And I think the way to not play into that is to then start putting yourself out there and yeah. saying, I need it. But it also helps. Like, I love that you said that, like, I'm lonely. Can we go to coffee? Like, be honest about it. Like I'm new. I don't know anybody. And frankly, I'm struggling right now to be yeah. here by myself. Can you meet yeah. with me? If someone were to say that to me, I'd be like, holy cow. Yes, let's go. Come well, over. I'm a, I'm a, I would have such respect. Right. <laughs> Mad respect for you for being yeah. honest, transparent. And then how can I help meet a need if I don't know the need? Absolutely. Absolutely. So I think the more in this moment, I'm thinking like, how can I, you know, here, here's the, other, the reason. The reason I haven't thrown a giant Thanksgiving experience, right, is <laughs> because we work a lot and we're tired and I'm like, oh, I don't actually want to open my home. I don't want to do that. Right. I want to yeah. go to someone else's. <laughs> <laughs> so you need to say, hey, two hey. guests, anyone need two more people? <laughs> Anybody. You know, I know that you've already planned how much turkey you have. We don't right. eat all the extra stuff. We don't even like Thanksgiving food. So we'll bring something else. <laughs> right, right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, no. what What do you guys, or do you have any kinds of traditions in your family for the holiday with so many kids? Right, and, yeah. You know, do you have extended family where you are right now or or what is your No, so our closest life? family is four hours away. So like this year we will be spending Thanksgiving, you know, in town by ourselves. Um, but like with that, we have eight kids. So each person gets to be in charge of one piece of the meal to cook. So like you're making this and you're making this and they love that. And then we have like our, she used to be called her eight child. And then (laughs) we actually have an eight child now. So now she's been bumped. You're the OG eight. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, but she'll be over and stuff in town, like revolving door. We're in town, we're doing a family thing, but you're family. So you come over. Um, we do things like that. Like Christmas, we'll go see my family cause they're further away. Um, and we can hang with them, but because we have some times where it's like, it's just us and other people may have plans and we don't want to feel bad, like that they don't want to, or whatever, like the invitation's always out for them. Um, we'll do like a, like a Christmas lights thing. So we have like a sweets and treats night or whatever, where we have people, they come bring a dessert. 
And then we walk around the neighborhood and we have like Christmas decor bingo. And so you have to find different things like that. And so we'll have hot cocoa and eggnog and stuff, but it's an, in a way to like, here's community, here's people. How are you part of the family? Because you're invited. You're always invited every, you know, once a month we have family dinner, like you do this. So like we have traditions outside of the holidays. So when holiday time comes, you know, you're welcome. You know, you're this and you don't feel like you're imposing, you know? I love that. I love that we can establish that culture in your home now. Yeah. It's not just a holiday thing. For sure. For sure. The more we're always looking around and just opening the door. And here's the thing. Here's the, this is the harsh reality. When we do that, there will be people who come in that are not our favorite. Yeah. Right. They might be people who suck a lot of energy out of us. They might be people who maybe you might be like, they're kind of embarrassing, right? Or, or, or whatever, yeah. right? It, it opens Absolutely. the door to personalities that might not fit well. Right. And you know what I'm reminded of? I mean, because you know, everything will preach, right? We're preachers, like everything uh-huh. will preach. Yeah. But I'm reminded of like the misfits around the table of Jesus. Like all them right. people are not, they weren't all the same. Right. Yeah. Like always to say, it's okay to have the weirdo. Like I'm the weirdo often. So that's what I was going to say. Like some people probably are like, oh, I have to deal with Brittany now. <laughs> yeah. She's coming again. Okay. Right. Oh gosh. Yeah. To, to always remember that to someone else, we're the other. Absolutely. We're those people. Absolutely. And to, to just have, I know for me when, uh, okay, just transparently, when you have a coffee shop, mm-hmm. many people come in, right? Yeah. Yeah. People come in your door all the time. And there are some clients and, and customers that are our best, our favorites. Oh my gosh, they're they're right. walking the door. And some people come in the door and they are not our favorites, right? Right. They, they they bring they bring an energy, they bring they they cause, you know, trouble or whatever. But to remember that just the act of love of like serving someone, mm-hmm. you don't you don't know what they're walking in with. You don't Absolutely. know why they're really like that. You don't understand, you know, what they just left in the car or from their work. Um, there's all manner of reasons why someone is the way they are. Yeah. And you can catch someone on a bad moment or a strange day, but just to offer a consistent place mm-hmm. to say you're welcome here and you're loved. The way that I get through those moments, I have to breathe. I have to breathe and remind myself oh, like – sure. That could be me and any given day. I, I could just bother the heck out of someone or show up and my energy is too abrasive for someone else. Um, and and the the encouragement in this holiday season when we're going to open our homes to all manner of not only friends, but family who make us crazy, right? Yeah. Right. <laughs> is, is to breathe, to go get yeah. full of identity before. Yeah. yeah. To recognize that the offense, we don't have to take it. Right. Aunt Sally shows up and she's super annoying and she's going to offend everyone she talks to and she's going to pick apart your meal and your home and tell you that your baseboards are dirty. Right. Like Mm -hmm. to just get full of identity and recognize I don't have to receive it. Right. And I can just my my therapist. Uh, I had, uh, he's, he's a guest on this as well, talking about, you know, how do we deal with family? <laughs> how do we deal with the drama? Right. And he says, recognize that everything that's coming at you is either a love response or a cry for help. Yeah, absolutely. A love response or a cry for help. So if it's not a love response, what are they dealing with, man? 
Absolutely. What's really coming at you. And you don't have to receive the darts, the arrows and, and the person's abrasive personality, political view, you know, complaining attitude. That's not a reflection on you. Absolutely. And one thing that I do, you know, breathing is great. Like take it a moment. How how do you see? But I always ask God, like, what do you see? What do you want me to do? Um, just because it's so easy, even in the act of trying not to be offended by that, like all of a sudden, I mean, sometimes even without even trying, like your body just responds and you're kind of like, <gasps> and yes. then you have to like, like breathe it down, but okay, God, what do you see? What yeah. do you see in this person? Like, what is, where's the gold? What do I need to know about yeah. them? And it helps me to be like, okay, this is how I can love them in this moment. This is how I can continue to show yes. up even when it makes zero sense, you know? Yeah, because the Lord sees, I, I wrote about this in my, in my book as well, this idea that um, it's really graphic. Are you ready? It's really gross. No, yeah. Okay, this is a warning, trigger warning. <laughs> <laughs> I had this encounter with my husband. We were early married, newly married, and we went to this event and it was a spiritual direction event. We were doing this like spiritual exercise and and he said something in front of everybody that was gross and offense, like it's just offensive and weird and ruined my moment that I was trying to have. And I was so angry and upset about it. And I go into much more detail in, in my book and the story, but I was so upset about it. And I, right after this experience that everyone witnessed and this whole thing, the, the guy who was leading it, the spiritual director goes, okay, now grab your journals and your blanket and go for two hours of silence and just write with the Lord. And I was like, no, no, I'm ready to just like chew my yeah. husband out and fight right now. And you know, the whole thing. So I have to go and sit in silence and I have tears just projecting out of my face and I'm writing this journal entry to the Lord, like how mad I am at my husband. He's all of these things. And the Lord said, I know, isn't it sad? And it like stopped me. I was like, no, no, it's not sad. It's stupid. And I'm, (laughs) and he goes, I know. And he said, he was so uncomfortable in that moment. He had to make a joke. Like he, he couldn't receive my love in that moment. And it made him, you know, have that reaction. And I said, what? And he said to me, and I will never forget this. And it changed everything. The Lord said, that wasn't your husband talking. It was his wounds pussing. Mm-hmm. And I immediately saw this picture of my husband as like a little boy yeah. with all these scrapes and cuts and scabs all over him. And this idea of like, I didn't get shot with, my husband loves me. My husband would speak love over me, right? But in this moment, his wounds were so painful. And and it was this like, I got shot in the eye with like that, the wound that pussed, right? And it's so gross. It's such a gross analogy, but it's so real. Absolutely. Absolutely. We operate out of protection of our wounds. Mm -hmm. So if we can see other people that way and recognize, oh my gosh, they're, you know, they're looking fine right now, but really how the Lord sees them is just broken person, just desperate for some sort of connection yeah. or, or whatever that helps us then love them like the Lord would love them. Absolutely. Yeah. It's Man, not easy. No, it's not easy, but I think keeping that in perspective helps you like, I guess, battle that, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like the attacks, yeah. like when you hear that and you're like, oh, and you want to be up in arms, like you're kind of like, okay. No, this yeah. is what I'm seeing. This is what that looks like. The cry for uh, help. 
Yeah, absolutely. For, I think about it also people increases your compassion. Does it make yes. sense? Like instead yes. of being like offended by the statement or upset by all of that, when you read it like that, you're like, oh gosh, I'm so sorry. This is where you're at in this moment. You know what I mean? Like, and you, you step in instead of stepping back, you know? That's how you decided to cope with that pain in this moment. Wow. God, dude, that sucks. Like, yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. You've learned because you are so wounded in, and something in your life that you've learned that the only defense mechanism is just to criticize everything. Yeah. Right. Because yeah. in order, so those people, the, the critical people, it's because they, they don't know how to receive something lovely. They, they, they've Absolutely. hardened their hearts. Right. One of my favorite um, statements, Brene Brown says strong back, soft front. Mm. because mm -hmm. when we harden our hearts, because that's what pain and wounding does, right? We want right. to harden our hearts, but when we harden our hearts, we can't receive love either. Absolutely. Nothing gets yeah. in. So yeah. we don't want a hard heart or a hard front. We want a hard, strong spine, a hard mm. back yeah, and that's then a soft front to be able to not only give love, but to receive it. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. That is so important going into these moments, right. Of, of family gatherings, like check our front, check our heart. Is it soft and open? And is our spine strong so that we can, you know, honestly, so we can dodge the bullets of offense that come at us. Right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Cause they're coming. That's the reality. The enemy wants us to be offended by everything. Absolutely. Well, yeah. And like you said, we're operating out of our scars. So I'm going to wound some people unintentionally and yeah. they're going to do the same. And I just need yeah. to know, like, it's my job, how I respond, how I receive it. You know, I can't, yeah. I can't fix you season, <laughs> but I can, <laughs> I can guard myself in a way that, that helps me love you better, you know, and yeah. helps protect myself for sure. Yeah. So tell us about your book, Flip the Script. Okay. Well, um, you know what, that book was actually birthed out of the idea. Um, I, there's a couple of women that I was mentoring, like they were younger than I was. And, um, and it was just in a week's time, one of them had like tried to end her life and was committed into an institution. And the other one had a very public nervous breakdown. And, um, I, at the time I was a women's pastor and I was working with all these women, my age and older. And I was like, and here's your purpose. Like I was teaching them about their purpose and their worth and all this, because this is what we are. Like, this is where we are. This is what we struggle with. Like even women, like I'm noticing now, like in their seventies and things like that, like this is a continual thing they're fighting. Yeah. But one morning the Lord woke me up and he was like, do you not see it? Here's the problem. And I was like, what do you mean? Here's the problem. And he said, my generation and older, like we're so focused on ourselves dealing with these issues because we don't have them settled. We don't understand that we're not looking down to this next generation going, here's how I show you how to do it. Here's mm. what truth is. Here's where to grow and go. And this generation is literally drowning at rapid rates. Like, um, suicide is the second leading cause of death in 15 to 24 year olds. Like it's an epidemic in and of That's itself. Wild. Um, and he was like, do you not see, here's the problem. And I was like, oh my gosh. And so like, I started this process of writing this book for that generation. And the Lord was like, that was cute. You're playing too small. Like <laughs> let's adorable. Let's, let's not do that. Um, and it's been such a gift because it, it's all in identifying, the lies and the broken statements and the narratives that we believe that we subscribe to that are playing in our minds. I mean, simple mm -hmm. statements of like, say you were to trip and fall and you're like, oh, you're such an idiot. Like, holy cow. Do you not realize that the words that you just said, like you are actually cementing that into your heart. You may right. say, oh, it's a flippant thing that doesn't matter, but no, it actually does matter because those words are tying to something else that you believed a moment in your life when you 
felt less than or not enough or wrong in some way. And you're just building upon that case. So there's some areas in your life, and I've written about five of the main areas that I feel like women are are believing and focusing on and like believing lies about um, and just how to, here's what it looks like. I want you to see in my life and I'll Mm. lay it all on the line. I'm very vulnerable. I'm very real. I don't think that I can expect you to have life change or you to be vulnerable if I'm not leading out in that. But I also want, like you say on social media, you see how people are, they see me and they're like, oh, she's fun and she's friendly. She's everyone's friend. But I think a lot of times people can see that and think, well, she's never struggled. Like there's never been an issue. She's always been fun and bright. And I'm like, but it hasn't always been that way. And what you see now is because I've worked from where I was. Um, so I just talk about all these lies and these scripts and how to identify them, how to work through them. Like I give tangible ways on, I don't want you to just read the book and shut it and be like, cool. You know, it's <laughs> yeah, not very right. cerebral. It's very tangible. Like, great. If you're stuck here, let's do these things. Let's walk through it. Um, just to find freedom, you know, to go from broken to brilliant because God does have so much more for you. And how do you do that in your daily life? How do you live that out? How do you fully see who he's called you to be? And um, what started out as a, a book for the younger generation has literally been a book for women of all ages. I mean, men too. They're like, this book is not just for women, Brittany. Did you not know that? And I was like, oh, no, I didn't. I maybe should have made a more manly cover. <laughs> I did that very intentionally. Mine's the same way because joy is so often associated as a feminine trait. Yeah. Uh, And so I was like, no, we will not be making this cover super girly. This book is not for women. I'm an equal opportunity preacher of the good news. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. It is for everyone. I love women. I want to talk to women all day. But I think it's important that we we receive this. (laughs) Listen, I got them. I am so sorry. There's my little bringer. (laughs) <laughs> Joy bringers. Yeah, that's what they are. And sometimes they bring us a lot of other things. <laughs> I don't know. It's all good. I, I think that the more, um, we ex- like take this because women so often will, um, be open to things like women's Bible study or, or self-help or listening to things that are going to take them on an emotional journey. Men, have sort of been left out of that equation. Oh, for and sure. So to to bring the message of joy, to bring the message of the lies that we believe, men believe just as many lies as women do. Absolutely. And Absolutely. this is really an important uh message for for all people. We we have we have agreed these vows and agreements that we make in our lives and we state out loud. Mm-hmm. They're everywhere. Mm-hmm. And we have to like listen to ourselves. Right. Yeah. Like I think of it like, you know, I'm, I'm a mom, obviously we talked about eight kids. And if my daughter were to say or do something, I'd look at her and be like, are you kidding me? That's not who you are. That's yeah. not the girl I made. That's not who God created you to be. And like, I'd be like, this is not how I see you. This is not how I've created you to be. Like, you're not dumb. You're not this. You're not that. Like, you don't have to fight to be enough. Like all these things. And then I forget like literally the God of the universe who <laughs> created me so intentionally is looking down at me going, are you kidding me, Brittany? That's not what I say about you. That's not who you are. That's not who this is. Like what you say about yourself and the lies that you believe really tells what and how you think God is, like who you think he is, what and he creates. Like, does he create garbage? Does he create mess ups? Does he do this? No, like that's not who he is. So it's just, it's sad, really. It truly is sad. And it's something that I think we all struggle with. Like Satan is so tricky and he can live in those silent moments 
when you're all by yourself and he Mm -hmm. has total say in that darkness and in the quiet. And, um, that's why I think community is such a big deal because when you're not alone, you can have others speak into and reinforce and say truth and be a part of that. Um, the loneliness and the isolation is where he has all to say, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I think the more we recognize the tactics of the enemy, especially at work in in those isolated moments and in the loneliness, yeah. the more in this season we can be aware of just extending the invitation Absolutely. to speak life, to put the truth out there. Hey, you're valuable to me. I know you you may already have plans, but would you come? If you don't, you're, you're welcome in our home. Those words break mm-hmm. barriers. Those words break chains and break through walls around people's hearts. Yeah. And, and even if they don't even come, like just the ask yeah. or saying that makes them feel loved, like seen. Yep. You know, I was at an event last weekend and I was talking to a lady about a lie and stuff. And she said, you know, I just feel like I could die today and no one would know. Like I'm not, oh. like you wouldn't care. Like I'm just not seen. And like, I'm in tears with her saying this. I don't know who she is, but the fact that she would see that and think that. And, and I'm like, what if someone were to invite her to come? Like there's one, when you ask for God to show you people, you press in, like you don't let them say no to not coming, to not being at your house or whatever. But even just the ask and the stuff helps soften her heart to go, no, I was seen by this person. She may Mm -hmm. brush it off or, or reject it or whatever. But the more you do that, the more she cannot deny that she is loved and seen and valued. And I think the ask goes so much more than just the inconvenience for us. It could actually be life-saving for somebody and their future. And I mean, like, do you not see them? They are not seen. And at the root of everything, we all want to just be seen and known and loved. And that's it. Yeah. Yeah. And you are so good at that. Thank you. I know. I can tell. Again, Mm -hmm. because now we're new friends. But tell about your little bestie. Is it bestie bags? Yeah. Bestie bags. Um, so it was birthed out of a season when I was trying to write my, like put a proposal together for my first book and stuff. And I just felt like there was days when rejection would come in and they'd say like, your following is too small. Are you da, da, da. Oh, yeah. And you're like, ah, why does it matter about these numbers? Like, are you Isn't kidding? The like, worst? It's the worst. worst. Absolute worst. And so I was feeling bad about myself. And I was like, I don't want followers. Like I don't want people yeah. who just follow me on like, or whatever. Like uh-huh. I do, like I find myself doing with some big name people. I don't want that. Like I, and I was telling you before we started recording, like I want to be your friend. And then because I have that right, like I'm your friend, I can speak into your life yes. and there can be a difference. I don't want to preach to you at a high level. I don't want to just be like so lighthearted and surface level friend. Like I want to walk those miles with you so I can speak truth and you believe it because I've gone this time with you. And I was like, that's what I want. How do we do that online? Because back in the day when social media started, it was very much like, I know your life. I know what's going on. Like we posted those things instead of these curated photos that will get likes and, you know, beautiful statements and things like that, like whatever, like I wanted to get back to that. And so I thought instead of feeling bad, why don't I just flip the script on that? Like literally, And I was like, I want to see people and leave them better than when I met them. Mm. And I was like, this is silly. It's nothing big. And I created these little bags with little trinkets and, you know, um, candies and little surprises and stuff. And I wrote a little card for them. Um, and just, 
I would just, as I would go traveling, I'd meet people and I'd say, I know this sounds crazy, but I do this thing online and it's just to kind of create friendship, you know, among people and stuff. And the best part was, is it was just supposed to drop it off at people, but I've met so many people and heard their mm-hmm. stories because of that, yeah. because yeah. it was great connector moments, people that I would never know or see. And yeah. maybe that's fine, but now I know someone all the way across the world, all the way, like just sweet moments of people feeling like, huh, like I've never met someone and given it to them. And they were like, cool, whatever. Like they just kind of like, huh, that's cool. You know, like yeah. how cool. And it's not like there's anything grand in the bags, but it was this hope of, I think I can help people feel better about themselves. How do yeah. I do that? How do I help them feel seen? Like instead of taking my rejection or loneliness on and saying, this is how it is. I'm like, no, I can do something about that. Why don't I stop focusing on myself and start focusing on other people and bestie bags were created. Yeah. That's so, and it's so encouraging. I, um, especially again, it goes back to like this time we spend so much uh, time and effort thinking about the things that we're going to do for those in our, in our immediate circle. Right. Cause we, yeah. Think we have to spend money. We have to do things for, yeah. you know, those in our, in our, in our home or in our families. But what if we just zoomed out a little, what if it was even just a little card, right? Remember when, and this could be a source of pain for some people, but like you had to do Valentine's in yeah. elementary school. Yeah. Right. And, and what if at Christmas, this Christmas, we just intentionally have something like a bestie bag and, and give something so simple. It could be like mints or a piece of like some gum and a yeah. little something that just says you're loved, a candy cane and a whatever, just to say, Hey, I thought about you or Hey, stranger standing in line at target. <laughs> yeah. But it actually matters. Like you can shift the tra- trajectory of someone's day. Yeah. Yeah. It's contagious for sure. It really is. Yeah. Yeah. So scripture in the New Testament, many times the words uh, complete joy are mentioned. Mm. It's something Jesus says, Paul says, Peter says, um, I'm, and, and it is always in reference to shared joy, to sharing Mm. something, right? Jesus says, I'm telling you these things so that my joy may be in you and your joy may may be made complete. Paul says the same thing. And, and Peter as well, like, I have to tell you this, or we're going to do this thing together so that we may experience complete joy. So in this season, right, where, where we are um, celebrating the good news of great joy, that good news is shared. Scripture says, you know, this in, in Luke two, the angels say, behold, I bring good tidings of great joy for all people. Joy Mm -hmm. is for all people. That's why I always lead with that. Like joy is for you. You're not disqualified from it because of all the lists of the, what the enemy wants you to believe. It's why you can't grab hold of joy, mm-hmm. but we grab hold of it when we do life together, when yeah. we share, share in the joy, when we are good news bringers, when we're joy bringers into the world. Um, I'm not the joy bringer. You're not the joy bringer. We are a, we are joy bringers <clears throat> because Jesus is in us because we have received that good news and then we bring it everywhere we go. So, so I'm grateful for you. I know that you are a joy bringer. I Mm. see it on social media, but also that's, you know, just a a projection of something. I, I know authentically that is who you are because not because it's manufactured, but because you have been radically encountered by for sure. And when we have experienced his goodness, when we've experienced the truth and received great joy, 
that's what we're called to do. We are all called to take that out into the world. And this is a great opportunity for us this holiday season mm -hmm. to go beyond our front doors, to go beyond our immediate circle and take the joy to all people around us. Um, I'm yeah. grateful for you, Brittany. I think that um, anyone who is anyone would just love to follow you, to get to know you. So how do we do that? Um, where can we find your book? Where can we find you on Instagram and wherever else you are? Yeah. So um, all social media, I'm Jabritney Estes. So J. <laughs> Brittany Estes. <laughs> and you can go on there to understand why there's a J. <laughs> it's ridiculous. It is. It's a crazy story. Um, <laughs> but then um, my book, Flip the Script, Make Your Move from Broken to Brilliant is um, where anywhere books are sold. Probably the easiest spot to grab it on is on Amazon. So yeah. Um, I'd love to connect with people. I love it when people DM me, comment yeah. um, and stuff. I just want to, I want to create a sense of community online. And I think in a season uh, where so many people are so connected on their phones and online and all this, but yet feel so lonely, like we can do something about that, you know? So, yeah, we can, and we will. And mm -hmm. I'm grateful yeah. for you. Thank you for joining me today. And um, yeah, go, go find Brittany, Brittany. <laughs> Jabritney yes. Estes. Yes. <laughs> she is a Joybringer. Thanks, friend. Thank you for listening to the Joybringer podcast. I would love to connect with you. Find me on social media or on my website at seasonedhours.com. For more information on how to live like the gospel is good news, check out my book, The Joybringer Challenge. You can buy it anywhere books are sold or on my website. Thanks again for listening. And hey, I love you.